Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I am your host. Today's quote, I actually stole from my guest, don't tell him, is by Maya Angelou. And it is, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And uh, the guest today, are you ready? Are you ready? He's fabulous. You're going to love him. His name is Kim Boreen, CMP, and he is developing a consulting firm in partnership with the hotel and hospitality industry. He has served as a global event planner for 19 years for Guardian Life at their corporate headquarters in New York City. Prior to Guardian, Kim spent 17 years in the New York City restaurant scene, starting as a waiter, then cook while studying at the French Culinary Institute, then chef where his first position, he was recognized by New York Magazine for the best new American restaurant in 1992. Kim came to New York City as a dancer choreographer after performing with Les Ballets Jazz de Montreal. He spent a year as entertainment director for Club Med in Mexico, the South Pacific, and the Bahamas. He's done a lot, and I'm sure you are going to find him as fascinating as I do. Let's bring him on. Hello, Kim. How are you today? I'm great, Heather. It's so great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited to hear. I just... I don't even know where to start. Your bio was so fascinating. I'm like, oh goodness. Okay, you know, as a as a former dancer, I have to start there. So you've had a really fascinating dance background. So my question is, what have you loved or learned most from your dance career? I think just to let the instructors, the professors, the choreographers lead the way, mm. you know, just be supple and enjoy every minute of it because man, those years in Montreal and, and having choreographers working with the company, uh, uh, putting new works together, you know, it's, it's such an honor to be in their presence and to maybe inspire them with an idea one might have um, and collaborate with everybody in a studio. I, you know, it, it, yeah, that was just splendid. Kim, I, I love your answer because, you know, it actually, every lesson can go back for me to that dance world too, right? So like mm. everything about discipline and, uh, you know, mm. I learned it from dancing, but I loved your answer of being um, moldable, like, and in honoring the choreographers because of their vision. And I bet amazing, beautiful pieces came from that collaboration. I, I love that. Now I have a question about this restaurant scene. I hear you waited tables with someone whose name most people will recognize. That must have been a, a little while ago, huh? A little while ago, before anybody nationally recognized the name of Bobby Flay. Mm -hmm. um, Bobby Flay was in the kitchen where I was waiting tables at Joe Allen Restaurant on 46th Street. 
and uh, he was one of the co-owners' son, mm -hmm. and he went on to the French Culinary Institute after a short time in the kitchen, and I knew that and uh, was inspired, and I had struggled with finding, looking for work and, and performing and choreographing uh, when I moved to New York for five, six years. And, and I thought, let me transition from the theater arts to the culinary arts. Mm. And what better to study the culinary arts with the French mm. and in a French uh, study uh, after having had such great French and Russian ballet technique uh, from wonderful professors. Um, so it, it felt very much in the same ilk of discipline, tutelage and mentoring. I think that, you know, I, I didn't put two and two together, but you're so right. It definitely ties in. It's just an, it's an, it's another extension of it. Yeah. Is there a, a lesson that you got from that period of your life? Well, I think, you know, I think when I went to the French Culinary Institute, I was already 30-ish. <laughs> <laughs> and many of, the, many of the students were 10 or 12 years younger. Mm -hmm. And I saw how their focus was very different than mine. Mm -hmm. I, this was the second round for enjoying a, a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. And I did it, you know, with, a, with very serious dedication um, compared to, you know, many of them that were on scholarship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here I was pulling 10,000 bucks out of my, you know, pocket mm -hmm. and so it was a very different experience and it, and I enjoyed that because you know I, I realized the sweetness and the um, opportunity that w w was before me and they were great instructors mm -hmm. you know this one the first chef uh, in the first quarter uh, told us about how when he graduated from the the French Culinary Institute, that was headquartered in Paris that this program in New York is based on mm -hmm. that his first job out of school was in the South of France. And you're thinking, yes, yes. And his role was cooking for the guests dogs. Oh no. <laughs> so you have to do your time mm -hmm. in a French culinary tradition and his first estage mm -hmm. as the French was his first position was chef to the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it definitely right sizes you and it's very good uh -huh. to, to come from that place of openness. And, and what you were talking about is when you came into the Institute, a little bit older, a little bit more invested financially, yeah. I bet you were absorbing more like a sponge, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I could definitely see that. And now that we, we spent a little bit of lightness from your bio, I, I'd love for you to share. We're going to go a little bit deeper. Would you like to share what was happening in the summer of 2001? <laughs> well, it was a beautiful summer. Uh, 
I had decided that after 17 years in the restaurant industry and those six or eight years as a dancer that I was still in pretty good physical shape, Mm -hmm. but I'd been working on my feet my entire adult life. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to take the summer off and then think about what what it is I want to do next. And I had a couple of very good friends that were executive assistants, one for a corporate executive and one for a wealthy Broadway producer. And I thought, I can do that. I, I can do I, I can I can fill that role. Um, and so I took the summer off just, you know, idly enjoying Fire Island and the beach and 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 such and came back to the city in September 10th, 2001. Mm. I had the New York Times and there was not much of any internet to submit resumes to or LinkedIn hadn't even been thought of. Mm. Um, I sent, I started faxing my resume out. Well, I woke up the next morning, Mm 9-11 and my husband and I saw the second plane collide with the South Tower and everything changed like that. And one of us went for food and money and the other went, I don't know, probably for something from the liquor store. (laughs) I I don't remember, but it was just that pivot that, you know, it was an attack. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a couple of days, there was no consideration of, you know, sending out a resume or, or such. Um, So yeah, the world was, New York City was very different, very abruptly. And how did you, how did you react? Like, how did it feel like there, I mean, what were the fears that you had? Well, it it was, it was, we were close. I live at second Avenue and sixth street. Mm. So when the wind shifted and the smoke billowing up from the attack site, you know, started coming Northeast uptown to the East village, it was very worrisome you know, enervating to consider that 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 smoke and the air we we're breathing had to be not good for us. Mm-hmm. And the city and the government and the the state were all saying, "Oh no, it's fine." Mm-hmm. Well, I closed the windows in the hallway of our five floor walk up building, and I said, "You know, I put up notes: the air is toxic. Do not open these." Um, and, you know, I don't think it would have been too great a problem. We weren't that close and we, the wind wasn't blowing our direction that long, but it was just that feeling of not trusting that we were getting solid information. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine that lived on the West side worked with people and started a donation center mm-hmm for socks and shoes and boots and gloves for the for the city EMS police fire department that were volunteering at ground zero and the authorities came along and shut them down why and closed the, it was an unauthorized effort oh. and so it felt very disconcerting you know, it felt very uneasy. Mm-hmm. And then I went up 
I, I heard that on the radio that they were taking blood donations <clears throat> just 12, 15 blocks uptown. And I went uptown and I asked where in the building they were doing this. And the policeman at the door literally verbally turned me around and said, they're not taking gay blood. They're what? not taking homosexuals blood. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh and, gosh. you know, it wasn't that it was not even 20 years after the AIDS crisis had commenced mm -hmm. and it just was so frustrating to not be able to do something as simple as donate blood mm -hmm. to help and we were below 14th street we were uh it was um i don't know if it was martial law but you had to show your id mm -hmm. to get below 14th street um so i showed my id i got back down to 6th Street and 2nd Avenue. And a couple of days later, um, I got an email. There was email. There wasn't LinkedIn yet, but there was email. Mm -hmm. I got an email from the French Culinary Institute that the Spirit Cruises of New York needed volunteers to help cook on one of their boats that they had anchored at Ground Zero at the World Financial Center's harbor mm. on the 11th of September, they immediately pulled up a boat wow. and they started to cook for the EMS, the fire department, policemen and women. And so I signed up and we met at Chelsea Piers. We got in an open skiff and it was chilly and it was raining. And we went down the Hudson River in this open skiff, six or eight of us, got off, got on the boat, and opened cans of food, heated them up, kept the buffet full. That dining room was full for eight hours that I was there, two days in a row. And so at least I was able to apply, you know, some effort to, mm -hmm. to help. Um, and then the Red Cross took over, so there was no more need for volunteers, quote unquote. Mm -hmm um there uh so that yeah, was the just, middle that just felt good to, to be using something that you had learned and and because yeah. otherwise you feel like what can i do right and and yeah. so just being able to action a little bit to in some small way contribute to helping what was going on I, yeah I, that must have felt really good yeah um what what an incredible um situation do you still think back and does it still haunt you from time to time uh no fortunately yeah. I, what haunts me is the one thing that's haunting was a, a a vision that one couldn't have ever come up with unless you were some kind of extraordinary screenwriter mm -hmm. and that was the, the spirit of New York uh, <clears throat> was docked at the financial center on the harbor, right? Mm -hmm. And right on the pier, 10 feet away, was the military mess tent. Mm. And to, you know, when we take a break and step outside on the deck of the boat, they were, that, that was right there. 
And that made it all the more real, surreal. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, that, that, if I, you know, when I think of that image, that is haunting. Yes, I can only imagine. Now, when you were starting to acclimate back, like, how did you get back into that search for work? How did you get back to some sense of normalcy? Well, (laughs) the next scene, (laughs) we see Kim entering the Kelly Services temp agency office. (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay. (laughs) And I just thought, you know, I, I knew myself, I wasn't going to want to just sit around and you know play poor me Mm -hmm. uh wanted to be busy and active and so walked into kelly services and said you know test me poke me prod me you know here's my my you know references my resume you know fortunately because i'd been a dancer choreographer i it was natural for me to interview and audition mm-hmm. you know so I auditioned for Kelly services and they sent me out on a couple of very odd all capitals <laughs> ODD jobs and then I um, fortunately was sent to Guardian Life Insurance to uh, fill in for a reception uh, receptionist that was away for a day and then another day a couple days later and then the third assignment, I was uh, assigned to the special events team mm-hmm. uh, at Guardian. And I was um, stuffing like 1,200 envelopes <laughs> with 15 or 20, you know, collated invitations and inserts and marketing pieces because it was their big incentives mailer. Mm-hmm. And they needed help with that. And so I was there for several days. And during that time, naturally, the six or eight of us were chatting and they discovered I knew entertainment and I knew restaurants. And mm. they asked me to stay for their busy season. Fun. And I that was I, 19 years. That led to 19 years, huh? Yeah. I had no <laughs> idea that there was such a thing, position called an event planner. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, my eyes were opened and um, it was a wonderful company to have just fallen into. Mm-hmm. And during that six months where I was helping the events team on their incentives, the CEO asked them to produce a national sales training program. And I was asked to help one of the lead senior planners who was very close to retirement. And he was very close to retirement because (laughs) he really didn't apply himself. Mm -hmm. And so having grown up in a very dysfunctional family, I naturally just slipped in and, you know, said, well, here, I can take care of this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I can run this entire thing. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So fortunately, they were the the equity team, the, the wealth management team were pleased and and impressed and so they invited me to join them after Mm -hmm. these six months and so that's basically where I was for 18 and a half years and it was just terrific I got my CMP after a year and a half or two uh 
to you know, just... It, just, it strikes me, Kim, that the, the lesson here is that you keep taking the next right step. And you don't always know, right? You don't always know what's coming down the road, but when you're doing the right things, when you're showing up, when you're, you're giving your best to things, then more and more doors open. That's, that's what it's saying to me right now. What, what do you yeah. think? Well, and I think it, it, you know, this is a very good therapy session for me. Thank you. <laughs> because it, you know, it goes, harkens back to what I said about being honored to work with the choreographers and just being open to learning from them and being their muse mm -hmm. on one hand, but also being supple to take what they gave as direction and go with it. And then you see where it leads you. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, you know, such uh, important quality for any and all of us, especially nowadays where things are changing constantly. You know, you wake up in the morning, you go into the office or you turn on your laptop and, oh, there's an update. Yeah. You know, the software is now 7.11.5302.8. And it's all different, yeah. you know, and it's like you can either have a meltdown and close the laptop and, you know, walk away, or you can discover what the updates are. Right, right. Well, you know what? That's fabulous. I absolutely love how positive and open. I am getting that openness as a theme throughout your life. <laughs> um, and okay, so I'm just going to ask, did that come from the lessons that you learned in this little aside that you made about your upbringing? Or like, was it just like a gift from the universe? Like what, where did that come from? I don't know. I think it was the date and time and astrological <laughs> position of the universe <laughs> when I was born. I... I don't, you know, I always felt like life was just endlessly fascinating. Mm. And, you know, I always found things to enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, at a very young age, my mother has a letter, or my aunt gave me a letter that my mother wrote to her when I was about five or six years old and my mother commented to my aunt that I had uh, enjoyed a meal that another aunt had prepared. And I said to my mother, boy, if you could cook like this all the time, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> and so at, at five or six, I'm already a snobby food critic. <laughs> what, like, what's happening here um but you know not not you know apple doesn't fall far from the tree and my parents loved you know new experiences and sharing those with us and mm -hmm. my dad traveled for business and and made it sound exhilarating and easy and mm -hmm. you know i think that's i i, I say this over and over to friends of mine, colleagues, you know, I love when I see parents encouraging their children to try things and enjoy travel and try different foods and, you know, recognizing what they like and what they don't like and 
not being put off by that, but just understanding that from a very young age, we are who we are Mm -hmm. on many levels. Yeah, I think that is true. So what, what's next for Kim Marine? Well, I, you know, I, I'm very excited about the opportunity to, um, to help the hospitality industry mm-hmm. uh, come back, get back online, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, roll out version 10.1.07321. Um, and, you know, I don't know, I, I'm ready to volunteer uh, I, I, I'm going to open my own consulting business. I have some um, expert, I have expertise in which I like to help people, you know, between my restaurant uh, industry experience and my hotel experience, no negotiations and mm-hmm. partnering on events. You know, I, I'd like to help hotels come back stronger and sharper and, mm-hmm. and, um, such so I, I just think when the vaccines you know start flying out the door I, the businesses are going to be up and running and running fast and with lots of new staff i, I think you know it's going to be time to coach and mentor and um i'd like to be able to help oh well you know what the hospitality industry is going to really benefit from that help. I can just tell from all of your words here and the, your perspective on how you come into situations, it's going to be a real gift. And I look forward to working with you and all of us in the industry working together to drive the industry forward. And Kim, uh, what I'll do for those of you who are out there who are listening and really want to connect with Kim, we'll put a connection. Are you okay, Kim, if I put a connection to your LinkedIn profile there so people can connect with you? Yes, thank you, yes. Okay, so check him out on LinkedIn and keep an eye out on this new consulting firm. I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal. Thank you so much. Do you want to leave us with any you know, words of wisdom, any burning last thought that you'd like our listeners to walk away with? I love the credo that the Ritz-Carlton team had. It's making me tear up a little. That ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And I think the world needs that. And uh, I, I also have an idea for a podcast promoting all the good things yet to come in the hospitality industry. And the subheader will be ladies and gentlemen speaking with ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we need to come from that place of being ladies and gentlemen, respectful and open and honoring and serving. I love it, Kim. Thank you so much for the time that you spent with us today. And all of you listeners out there, I'm sure that you enjoyed it. Reach out to Kim, share the episode or give us a review if you love it. And thank you all and we'll see you next week. Take care now, bye-bye.